Bam, we're live. Corey, Alyssa, Elise, 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 Corey, Hiba. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. We're back. You know what I should have done yesterday after the David Lucas show? I should have stayed on and just complained. I don't want to do anything weird to my guests, but that one I was like, you know, sometimes you have to tr- just try some shit that's like just not like, like if you're building something and it requires a screwdriver and a wrench and you're like, ah, maybe this is just going to require a hammer. Like maybe I should have just brought out the hammer on David Lucas yesterday. Like, yo, dude, what is going on? Are you out of your mind? You know, this is a live podcast, right? You goofball. Maybe I should have gone toe to toe with him. I think I could roast with him. I think I could roast with the best of them. Sharp, quick. I was, uh, I was going to save this for my live call-in show. I was looking at one of the comments in YouTube, and there's this. There's, someone said something about me being a QAnon guy, or or I see an Alex Jones comment every once in a while. And first of all, I, I don't know exactly who Alex Jones is. I just know that he got kicked off of uh, YouTube, and I don't know anything about QAnon. But you know who does know about Alex Jones and QAnon? I realized people who watch CNN. So isn't that kind of funny? You watch a network that talked to you. Ah, look, there's Bethany Hamilton. Hey, the husband is here. Adam. Adam. How are you doing? Good. Good. Are you, are you in the jungle? Where are you, Belize? Pretty much. Yeah. Kauai, Kauai is pretty much jungle. But yeah. Maybe we just go with the theme and <laughs> create the background. Yep. Great to see you, dude. <laughs> I watched an, I watched Unstoppable last night, so me and you were tight. Oh, right on! So you know yeah. the story. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What awesome. a great what a great climax! So fun. I think we I think we both kind of tear up every time we see it. Holy cow! We're we're stoked on how it all turned out, and it's it's incredible. I don't mean to geek out on the camera stuff, but there's that drone shot at the end and the drone is sitting on the beach and it's like a one minute shot. And you're like, where's this going? And she's a dot on a wave and then it gets closer and closer to her. I'm like, yeah, how did they do that? It's incredible. It was actually the first time this guy did that. He was in a helicopter and they had this, like it's called like a shot over attachment, like a red camera at the bottom of a helicopter. Okay, makes and sense. They just had a radio. They just radio up. Hey, she's going on a wave. Like go, and they just like timed it out with her on the like wave. a real helicopter, like one you sit yeah. in. Yeah, it just sits on the cliff there like that. Yeah, they were just like hovering, cruising, waiting for the wave to come, and they just like it was. It was really cool. <laughs> and does she even know that's going to be the shot when she's riding it? I don't know. Maybe it's in the back of her head, but I think the adrenaline was just. Pumping, she's focused. I don't know. <laughs> God, it's such a. I rewound it like two or three times. I'm like, there's yeah. no way they got this in one take. There's no. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Pretty. Hey, insane. Uh, we'll reschedule Bethany for next week. We'll just interview you right now. We. we right, could, do you have, okay, do you, do you have ninety time. minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are you located at? I'm in Santa Cruz. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. we were just over there a week ago. Or. 10 days ago about yeah in santa cruz or down further south santa barbara oh yeah we were in santa cruz we did a event at um <laughs> one of the churches over there had bethany come speak oh cool event yeah wow it was Very a quick cool. in and out we were there for like two days and then 
jump back to Hawaii. I can't believe but, you guys do that. Three kids, right, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. Seven, four, and one. So travel. We were on the road for five weeks with the three boys, and it was, uh, yeah, pretty incredible. <laughs> uh, anyone, you ever seen anyone else on tour uh, breastfeeding? No. Never. So she's Honestly, the only one, I don't, right? I don't know if it's ever, yeah. Maybe. It's dope. So dope. Yeah. I, yeah. I just love that. <laughs> I just like I would go to I would go to CrossFit events. I remember, and, and even even recently, um, you know, it, it, there, I don't remember seeing it actually at the World Championships at the CrossFit Games, but at the one right before that, the semifinals, I would see women doing that. I would see women uh, oh, yeah. compete an event at this crazy high level, yeah, and then just run off to the side and pull out a boob and feeding time. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's hardcore, right? I get, I, it's so hardcore. It just puts most of us and, to shame. Yeah, like, and I like, love it too. Doing? I'm like that kid's so lucky. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, a great right. story bond he has with his mom. Yeah, I know. It's so sick. So sound, video, lighting. You look, good? you look handsome, and you sound even better, dude. I'd say the same about you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I better go grab the little one, our one year old. Make sure he's not tearing apart everything. Just. Want to be the tech guy, make sure everything's all good. And um, yeah, Roger. have a good okay. conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all giving right. us a few minutes of your wife's time. Appreciate it. Thanks. No, Adam, come hey. back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, we just finished a speaking tour and I'm like, we need to tell the people to just let Adam come in for half of the event. <laughs> Dude, girl, you scored. Yeah, I did. <laughs> what a cool dude. I watched Unstoppable in like uh last night. And man, you guys are killing it. Thank you. How yeah. do you say your name? Is it just Savon? Yeah, Savon. Okay, cool. Um when I, I'm uh no there be hmm, there becomes a point in your life when you have a name like Savon like you don't even it doesn't even matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I people appreciate when people are, it that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I'll have friends for who I've had for friends for like two years. And they're like, I thought you said your name was Sevon. I'm like, it is. And they're like, well, why didn't you correct me? I say Savon. I'm like, dude, I can't correct everybody. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sevon, the arms are looking pretty defined today. Yes. It's a small shirt. Thank you. And I just worked out and got really bushy eyed and, and bright eyed for, uh, for Bethany. I'm not letting her pull any fast ones on me. I just woke up and barely made it here. So, well, thank you. And what you're you're in Hawaii? Yep, we're in Hawaii. We just got home like four days ago from a five week trip. So, yeah, we're super happy to be home. <laughs> and Adam said you were in my neck of the woods. I'm in Santa Cruz. You were in Santa Cruz. Yeah, we went through Santa Cruz at one point. I had a couple events there, and. Um, but we darted all around the U.S. I think we went to seven different states. And then we also went to Costa Rica just for a quick, like, decompress after all the chaos travel. <laughs> do, you, do you train seven days a week, whether it's in the water, out of the water? Are you doing something physical? No. no. I'm not at this point. I'm kind of in a season, I would say, like off the water like minimalist training and then in the water just as much as I can get in there and it's definitely more surf dependent like if the waves are really good then I'm 
um, stop, drop, and surf. But if it's kind of average, now my six-year-old likes surfing. It's like, we just went on a vacation to Costa Rica. And it's funny because I'm at the point where I go surf and then I come in and then now my seven-year-old wants to go surf. So if I want to surf twice, it's literally like go, 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 like nonstop. Um, plus like getting the other one boogie boarding and the youngest one <coughs> flashing around. So it's pretty full on. I'm definitely, but I, I don't know. I've just kind of been on a health journey, I would say. And so I think part of that is just moving less. Um, I would say I was like kind of just maybe doing more than my body was um, wanting and I wasn't fueling enough. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of slowing down lately and it's been a weird adjustment, but I feel fine. The, the exact opposite of what the vast, vast majority of the world needs. Yeah, I know. The majority <laughs> of the world needs to move, whereas I'm trying to move. Like, I'm not trying to move less. I'm just not working out and surfing quite as much. So I'm still, like, moving all day long and living a healthy lifestyle. But it's just, um, yeah, I just kind of, after I had my second son, I just wasn't feeling good. And so I started problem solving that. And um yeah, it's just been kind of a journey, I guess. Was the third one the only home birth? I did three home births. So yeah, we're pretty like hippie out here. My mom did home births. Um, both my sister-in-laws did home births. So yeah, my parents have um, about 11 grandchildren and they're all healthy home births, like not one um complications so that's pretty cool like <laughs> of course not of course not yeah of course not hey was adam was adam home birthed no he wasn't did the, did the in-laws trip that you guys home birth because i know for people who don't home birth that can be a little bit unsettling yeah i think it was really a little uncomfortable for his mom but i think she kind of rolled with it she's like well what am i gonna do and yeah. i mean we had a doctor and um um like a midwife at the birth. So wasn't like we were just free soloing it, which some people do that and all respect to them. But um, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I don't know. We just kind of prepared a lot for birth, both Adam and I. And so going into it, we felt good about it and hoped for the best. And yeah, everything went good <laughs> three, three times around. All in that same house in Kauai where you're at? Yeah, kind of like we moved locations for one birth because my midwives couldn't get to me. The island's so small and most of the island has two lane roads. So at one point there was this crazy car crash. So we had to get across to our midwives. That was like cr the crazy first birth. And so I literally was like walking across a car crash to get to my birthing location. <laughs> Oh, wow. So like, you know, they always have these weird policies. So no driving across the car crash until they like document it and all. So we literally had to walk across this like <laughs> car crash zone to get to the other side, which we were then picked up by our midwife. <laughs> while you're having like Braxton Hicks and contractions and all that? Like full contractions, not, not Braxton oh, Hicks. Not Braxton. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. <laughs> Hey, yeah, um, that kind of, uh, 
the, the coolest part, um, we did home births also. We have three kids, uh, my wife and I. We did one, we had one and then twins. But the coolest part was, I mean, at least for me, what do I know? But that we didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. So like the baby comes out and your wife can just kind of like sit on a nest. Mm-hmm. And I always trip on the fact like how does how do women move after they give birth? Like how why what in your mind makes it think it's okay to put a baby in a car 24 hours after it's born? Like it makes it never made any sense to me or in a in a but but you didn't kind of get that leisure in your first birth. You had to move, right? Because you had it away yeah. from your home and then you had to go back home. And that's what was so cool about like going into the birth. We were so prepared that like things don't always go as planned and we are right. mentally ready for that. So it was kind of like, well, we're still doing a home birth style, just not at home. And so, yeah, I remember actually after we had our child, we ended up driving home at like one in the morning because we we're like, oh, let's go while there's no cars on the road and while it's super mellow out and um we were kind of super alert and um, just felt like charging. So, <laughs> but it would have been nice to not have to do that. <laughs> Is that? Can I um, pause you for one sec? I hear my alarm going off. I am paused. I am paused. Stop, drop, and surf. I know. I love it. I think she was raised that way. I was just watching Shevchenko's mom is the Muay Thai president of Kyrgyzstan. And I think Bethany. Yeah, I pretty much do whatever I need to do to get in the ocean when the waves are good. Like, it's kind of like a weird thing, like surfer mentality. My parents basically taught me how to surf first, work later. (laughs) Yeah. Like the opposite that most parents are like, work first, then play. (laughs) So, So... do you, do you compartmentalize? You said you went on vacation. I was kind of surprised to hear you say that. Is your because like my life isn't compartmentalized, and I just didn't picture your life when I watched the just the little clips on YouTube. Your life just seems like one life. It's just this life under God, you know. <laughs> I guess I put a word to it because that's what most people would call like what we did a vacation. Yeah, but for us, it's more of like a surf trip and just exploration. Um, We really love Costa Rica and like the wildlife down there is so cool. And the place we stay, it's like there's no restaurants. You're just in the boonies. We're cooking all our own food. We, as a family, consumed like 120 coconuts in a week. Wow. (laughs) And then we all got waves and just kind of adventured. So it's really, really a fun time. But yeah, we're kind of just a family unit on the go, whatever it is that we're doing. Um, we're usually together and yeah, it's a really fun lifestyle. I, I like bringing my children into my world and my life and think they're learning a lot. So it's pretty, um, yeah, it's special. It's unique and we're having fun. When, when you said that, um, the birthplace was going to get changed, right? So you're at home, there's this plan here, but then you, you know, life is, uh, can throw you curveballs, and so it's like, okay, you um, it, did your did your accident losing your arm has that kind of been a a point of that? Well, that happened on that day, and that and I made it through that. So like, I have baby over there on that side, I have no problem. Like, is, is it? Yeah, 
I think a little bit of that, but I also just think my mom kind of raised me that way too. We were very like free flowy, adventurous, like change the plans real quick. So I kind of grew up with that kind of approach to life and just roll with it. And, um, and so, yeah, in hindsight, like if that had been my second birth, I probably would have just stayed home and, you know, if the midwife. Oh, just done it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, it is what it is. (laughs) But I don't know if my husband would have been um, super stoked, but I'm like, hon, you're so amazing. Like you could handle easy. But our most recent birth, he, I feel like the weight of birthing children like hit him. He was like, whoa, that was heavy. Like, I don't know if I want to do that again. I was opposite. I'm like, yeah, we can do it again. (laughs) Um, but like, I feel what like happened? Was- why, 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 why did it take three? What happened in the third birth? You think that kind of shook him? I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, there was one moment I did faint. Um, and you know, there was nothing alarming, like, and he caught me. So I was fainting and he caught me. So I guess that was pretty intense. Um, but I mean, he caught me, so we we're all good. But it could have been a danger. But I mean, that could have happened anywhere. Um, but and I have a tendency to faint. Like I usually faint at some point while I'm pregnant. So now I'm like more aware of it and just try to sit down as fast as I can if I'm like feeling that that um, sensation coming on. But yeah, I, that's the only thing different. Otherwise, our births went really smooth. They're like. The intense part was less than two hours. Um, you know, babies were all healthy and came out with like a good cry and ready to just enter the world. <laughs> so I don't know. You'll have to ask him. <laughs> in 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 the in the videos that I've watched about you, you talk about um, meeting Adam, and he was first. Um, he he showed up on the scene for the rest of the world at your brother's wedding. And that was the first time your family had seen him. But could I hear the story about how, where you saw him and met him? Um, it is, it is a unique person to be with any professional athlete. It requires a very special person to be with, with greatness, let alone someone I, I think who is as free flowing probably as you are. Like if you don't, if you can't, if you can't do that, then you're destined for failure. So could you tell me how you met him and did you see these traits early on and his ability to accept this life? Yeah. Um, so when I first met him, we had been set up by friends. So the friends that kind of got him to move out to Hawaii, they just loved him and they're like, we want him to stay. So let's find him a wife. And he had been there a year and had just committed to another year. He was working with a group called uh, Young Life. They're just like, it's a youth ministry, I guess. And um, so we got set up on a blind date. We met up at a beach. And when I first saw him, I was like, whoa, he's like a Spartan. Because <laughs> he's just a big guy. He's 6'4", like built strong, um, really handsome. And we ended up just going for a cliff jump. So we jumped off a cliff into the was ocean. Was he ready to do that? Because he's he was from Kansas, right? I don't know if he was ready because once we entered the water, I was like mermaiding circles around him because uh-huh. I'm just like such a mermaid fish. 
And he grew up in Kansas, which he was landlocked. So swimming was very Kansas-ish style. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but no, he was he was down for the adventure, I think. And yeah, we just started to get to know each other. And honestly, I don't think he really realized what my life was um, prior to marriage. And but he just is a really genuinely like kind, sweet, um, just amazing human. And even though he didn't really know, I would say he didn't really know what he was getting himself himself into. Like. God knew that he was right. And, uh, you know, it took a few years, I would say, to adjust. I don't think he really loved the first few years of our life together and just adjusting to, like, what it is that Bethany faces and deals with and not just faces and deals with. There's so much good and beauty. Like, there's so much fun and incredible opportunities, but there's also a lot of, like, just weight that comes with it. And what, so, what, what do you mean? Like hard work? Wait, what do you mean? Wait, yeah, just like, I don't know, meeting people all the time. Um, just kind of, you know, we chose to continue doing a lot of the things that I was already doing, like motivational speaking and, you know, just traveling. And that's not for everyone. Like not everyone would enjoy our life, I would say. Um, there's very much like on the go and a lot of attention. And it's funny because you know how you got to meet Adam right before I jumped on. <laughs> um, I always n- notice that like everyone's so excited to meet me and then they meet Adam and he's like, he ends up being the star of the show. So it's really sweet because I don't really love the attention. And so um, <laughs> it's kind of cute. Like he ends up kind of just being able to be the family representative. <laughs> oh, he's great. He's great. He's yeah. great in the movie. He's great in Unstoppable too. I watched Unstoppable yeah, last and night. And like we really wanted to portray our life really honestly in that. And you know, you kind of see him wrestling with like just you know being my husband. And I would say I don't know. I it's hard for me to put words to it, but it was just a season of adjustment. I would say. And the first two years. The first two to three years. And oh, my alarm's going off again. You can. I silence the phone. Feel free. Do it. Do what you want. It's your show. It's the Bethany Hamilton show. Your alarm. Get a glass of water. Go pee. Do some jumping jacks. Maybe you might have to unplug it. It was my alarm to like come and say hi to you. Oh, good. I was scared I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Um, but yeah, like it's been just, I mean, our marriage is really amazing and I really am so grateful for him. And it just like for me as a child, I really hated all the attention. I didn't like fame. I didn't want any of that, but I had a heart for people. So there's this motivation because people were writing letters from all over the world saying like, if you got back on your board, I'm going to get back on mine. Like that sort of um, uh, emotion and what's the right word? Like a inspiration. Yeah. Just inspiration, encouragement to, you know, face their challenges in a, in a, I can do it sort of way. And so, um, yeah, it's just been really cool to kind of, 
fast forward now being we're coming up on nine years in August and we're just such a unit like we just teamwork everything and he has his strengths I have mine and we meld them together and work together and um it's pretty cool <laughs> what do, what do you think that they, your friends saw do you think it was the bible connection the jesus connection the god connection where they're like okay because his parents are pastors right his dad's a pastor no his Uh-oh. family is not in the church in that way but um yeah i definitely think like sharing faith um was huge and I honestly don't know. My friends had a little girl who had met me in a physical therapy office because she had been run over by a car. And so we had interacted there and it was cool for their daughter just to be around me and just see like me taking care of myself. And she was having to do some rehab for her body. So I think the mom just gravitated towards me and was like, Oh my gosh, like they might be perfect together. I don't know exactly. (laughs) And then also him just being so tall and um, me being tall. I'm like close to, I'm about five eleven. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess they just thought maybe. (laughs) So the boys are going to be big. Yeah. I think our boys will definitely be at least six feet, maybe as taller, taller than my husband. I don't know. (laughs) Um, How is that with uh, four boys in the house? Well, we have three boys. um, Mm -hmm. But you have him too. I I included Adam. Oh, four boys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. I'm definitely the only girl. Good thing I'm a tomboy and ready for adventure. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. I always wanted to be a boy mom. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was like anticipating maybe a little girl um, for when Micah arrived, but Micah is just the funnest little dude ever. He is so cool and just our little firecracker screamer. Um, The one that's just like, I'm out of here. I'm going outside and you either come with me or I'll be on my own. Um, so it's been really cool, um, just having three boys and I don't know, we'll probably go for four. So (laughs) maybe we'll have a girl in there. (laughs) When, when you, when you, what was your, when you took Tobias on tour and you were breastfeeding, um, was it just like, for you, is it just like, duh. And for other people, was it like, whoa, no one, we've never had a a pro surfer in between sets or, or I don't know what you call them in between runs, uh, come and feed another human being. Yeah, I know. For me, it was really relaxing and just, I love breastfeeding. So it was kind of like a really cool way to decompress in between heats because, you know, there's so much adrenaline and blood rushing and just like emotions going on um, and just, just drive. So to kind of like have that space to slow down and just like take your mind off like the stress or the, the um, determination of the moment. It was kind of really nice, actually. But yeah, none of the girls, I don't think any of the girls even have children on the tour. So um, I think it was really fun for them to have like little ones running around. And the event, one of the events that we were at was in Fiji, and we're all staying on the same island together. So it was kind of fun just like throwing the children in the mix. And all of a sudden, I have like, 10 other babysitters on hand. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely different, like nursing and taking care of children and finding your focus in that moment. And um, 
yeah, just kind of finding the balance. There's all of this stuff. It's um all this talk about glad okay, we need we had a first vice president woman, we we need a president woman, the CEO of this company should be a woman, like oh, we have our first NASCAR woman, we have and there's just all this stuff like that. But the real cool thing is just a woman doing what she really just wants to do has no relationship to whether she's a woman or not. Yeah. And then she still can do her woman shit at the same time, which is feed the baby. That's that for me, that's the, that's the greatest impact. That's more powerful than, than being a, uh, um, the first CEO of, of some huge company as a woman. It's if you were a CEO of that company and in the meeting you were breastfeeding your child, then I'd be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Then I'm like, now, now you're, I mean, it's so, when I saw that and I loved it in the movie, how it's, it's not even a big deal, but I know it's a big deal. Cause my wife breastfed and like, and then you start seeing like, some people think it's like a big deal. You're like, what do you mean? It's, it's not a big deal. Or the home birth. Some people think the home birth is a big deal, but it's not. It's just like the actual big deal is, um, do you ever think about what it would be like to have a, uh, does it scare you to have a, uh, the thought of having a baby in the hospital? Oh, because I'm always bit, like, those are the bit. those are the brave people. They think no, you're brave doing a home birth. I mean, I wouldn't say they're necessarily brave. I would just say that they don't really they haven't done their due diligence a lot of the times. Not all of them. There's some women who are going into birth, no matter where they're birthing their child, very thoughtfully and with like a lot of intention and plan and just they have a good grasp on what's going on. But I think a lot of women nowadays are just kind of like along for the ride and they don't even really realize what's going on. Their, their preparation is very like, they don't know what's going to happen after birth in the hospital. And um, so, yeah, I uh, would not be content <laughs> in the hospital. So that's partially why I birth at home. I just don't like hospitals. And I think for birthing, you really want to be comfortable. So for some women, like birthing at home, they would be so stressed and worried and just scared. And so I don't think it would be good for them to birth at home. I think they need to go where they could be at ease and peace. It, in an ideal world, it'd be cool if they have like really peaceful, beautiful birthing centers, like right next to the hospital for a lot of women, I think would be super neat. Um, and just creating like an environment that feels very homey has like you know flowers and plants and candles and like things that are just like heartwarming <laughs> but yeah back to your kind of like touching on just like the modern day woman yeah I think just doing what we want to do is is cool but I think a lot of women chase success for so long and then they're like wait actually I do want to have a children and by that point it's a lot harder and their health might not have been benefited from their lifestyle going into that time. And so it's kind of sad because I think there's this missing conversation of like, wait, actually, it could be better to have your child while you're younger and you could still pursue some of the things that you want to do. Um but I also think there's so much beauty in just being mom and not pursuing all the things and pursuing motherhood and being there for your children and not like pursuing things on their at their expense. Um, I really pay attention to my time throughout the week. I try not to 
do so many things under the sun that like I'm away from my children for many, many hours. Um, and so that's partially why we, we travel together as a family and we do everything together. And the beach life surfing is really cool because I can bring the children to the beach and it's like the best playground ever and like learning environment. It's just so healthy for us all to like get away from like the noise of the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so many different ideas and opinions and I never want to like attack anyone, but I just wish people had this conversation more of like, well, do I want to have children? And when is the best time? I had my first at 25 and in hindsight, I'm so grateful I had my first at 25. I just think like it is a lot on your body. It is a lot on your your being and your physical and mental state and being in a more pliable stage, I think is so important because it is a high energy, high giving um, position. You're just constantly giving, giving, giving. And so making sure that you're in a healthy place to give, I think is so important and not saying, I mean, I'm maybe, maybe I'll have a child when I turn 40. I don't know. <laughs> but um I just, I wish there was more open conversations as to there's different options for you young girls and you don't have to necessarily pursue everything under the sun to be happy in life. I feel like, yeah, there's just these missing conversations. And you didn't plan your, your first baby wasn't planned, right? No, he was just kind of on the fly, a little semi-accident. <laughs> I've been doing family planning method, which I'm still doing to this day. And I think it's actually amazing. And if you're into... Is that where you just count days? You're just watching your ovulation or... Um, I mean, if you're doing it correctly, you're paying attention to your temperature, oh, okay. um, your body fluids and whatnot. And so if you're doing it correctly, you should be able to maintain... Um, um, whatever fertility you want either to be pregnant or not, um, if you're healthy, you know? So yeah, but then I was traveling and I don't think I fully had a grasp on how to properly do that. Who <laughs> teaches so, you that? Who teaches women that? Um, the there's women out that. there teaching it, but it's pretty, yeah. Who'd you I learn just, from? Um, I just read the book and I'm winging it. So I never like got <laughs> <That's>... it. <laughs> um, but I'm still And you have with... three kids. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, she was winging it. I the second two we birthed or we conceived when we really wanted to. Okay. So it's like we're ready. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, just being able to maintain intimacy too without like you know, necessarily getting pregnant if you don't want to, it's really cool. And there's no side effects. So that's the best part. That's the best part. Um, I mean, the side effects could be a child if you don't do it correctly. Um, <laughs> but that's a pretty cool side effect, I guess. Were you but guys yeah, I love that there's no side effects. And I've done like some other methods in the past that I kind of like wish I didn't do them. So it's okay, though. We live and we learn and we move forward. Um, were you married when you had your first baby? Yeah. So married. we had been married about a year and it was actually mid filming of Unstoppable. And so when I found out, I was pretty pumped because it was like, we had just kind of like gotten going and I was like, are we going to keep doing this film? Like there was just so many unknowns. I wasn't like super confident that I would want to go and like 
rock it and charge it and surf, even though I think I really knew deep down inside that I would. And it's funny because my mom, after she had me, she not funny, but it's kind of sad. She stopped surfing. And so I would say like the five, 10 years after she had me, she just kind of slowly let it go. And like her focus was so much on her children that I'm like, mom, I wish you were out there surfing with me, not just like watching from the beach. And so before I had children, I was like, I am going to take the time to make sure I get my body back and I get in the ocean because in the long run, like I want to be surfing with my children. So now my seven-year-old is a total surfer boy. Like he gets grumpy if we don't take him. (laughs) So I got, um, I know I'll be getting a lot of surf time in the next 20, 30, 50 years. (laughs) Your, Your mom's a bit of a pioneer in the sport. Yeah, so she grew up in San Diego, and her and her sister got a surfboard when she was 13. And at that time, surfboards were big, huge logs, basically, and very heavy. So they shared their surfboard. They had to teamwork carrying it down because it was so heavy. And then they would take turns surfing. And so, yeah, she was super rad and some of the stories she shares with me are just super cool. Like she'd bike like 50 miles to go surf a certain wave up north, northern San Diego and just total charger. And surfing is what brought her out to Hawaii where she met my dad. And so, yeah, they were, she was just a mermaid um, loving her time in the ocean. And eventually both of them shared that with um, my brothers and I. Have you seen the movie uh, Surfwise? Surfwise? Yeah. No, I don't think I have. It's the family that lived, uh, the San Diego family. Ten of them were raised in a bus, Volkswagen bus. Oh, I've heard of that. It's intense, yeah? Oh, it's so great. It's <laughs> I'm gonna so write it intense. Down. I gotta write that down because I think I want to see that. <laughs> you have to, you know, what, you know what's fascinating is the father was a physician, at, and he was the head of the Hawaii Medical Foundation. He was, or the American Hawaii Federal Medical Foundation. Anyway, and he's like, you know what? I'm done being a doctor. And he moved to San Diego, found a girl, moved into a van, and they had, and all they did is just surf every single day. And they had like ten kids. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It. <laughs> and they would like venture down to Mexico and stuff, and just with like- no money. Yeah, that's so crazy. It's so good. I think my mom or dad knows some of the family in that family in that film. I'm sure um, your mom does if she was I've in San Diego. It was, yeah, it was a small scene back then. I'm sure you guys have run into them. Yeah, both my parents lived in a van at some point, especially out here in Hawaii. They lived in their van for a while. So they moved out here in the 70s. And so they're pretty early as far as like, Caucasians moving out to Hawaii and living here. And so there was definitely some tension of cultural, you know, cultural differences when they first started living out here. (laughs) When I meet people from Los Angeles, I'm from Northern California. I'm in Santa Cruz. They don't, they seem so different to me than, than me. So different. Oh, for sure even if we think we're aligned on ideologies, I see some behaviors and some, some things that like are, are just different. Like maybe they're a little more stand, maybe they're around more people. So they're more standoffish from people, right? Like uh, there's 472,000 people per square mile in New York. So like they can't, they don't smile at anyone. Whereas <laughs> if you're walking down a dirt road in Kauai, you smile at everyone you see, right? 
Yeah, Elisa had not, but yes. there's a lot of people out here that aren't from here too. So it just kind of depends. <laughs> right. Um, do you do you do you feel your enormous cultural difference to mainland because you're uh, a Kauaian? Oh, it's so different. Like, especially when you go to certain parts of the country, like I'll never forget going to Michigan and just feeling the cultural difference was just very different. Um, and just like the fast pace of life is very like alarming. When I go there, I'm just like, whoa, this is too much. I always feel so stressed and like ready to get out of there by the time I'm done. But yeah, um, I definitely Why Michigan? Love- What's in Michigan? Why do you go there? Oh, I did some motivational speaking and I just, there's this one event in particular (laughs) that I was way too Kauaian for them. Like I just needed, like I needed to speed up myself and like prep myself up a bit. (laughs) It was just so interesting. Um, They were sweet, but like it was just cultural tension, (laughs) cultural differences. (laughs) I was, I don't remember what year it was, but one year I was on, I was going to Kauai. My friend who was the um, founder and owner of CrossFit, he had a home in Kauai. So I was flying out there to see him and you came on the plane and I saw you holding your baby. And I was telling your friend, um, it's a Greg, Greg Glassman, Greg and Maggie Glassman. Cause I know a lot of the CrossFit guys out here. I saw in your movie, you were working out at CrossFit Poipu. Yeah. 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 I was working like we have a cool, like a lot of the CrossFitters are just so rad and nice. And specifically, um, my foundation, Beautifully Flawed, um, we do retreats for women with limb difference. So every year in San Diego, we've had a lot of CrossFit people come and just just remind the girls that they can and just explore um movement in different ways with them it's been really fun and just like i really appreciate their heart um and the energy and the community aspect like it's been so cool to have that and the girls a lot of the girls love it like we've had a lot of very athletic girls and feel like it's like a boost in their butt to like no i'm not gonna let this hold me back like i'm gonna go and charge and move in the way that i want to move when uh, um when the when the executive producer of the show, uh, Matt Souza, was speaking to um, your manager, um, your assistant, uh, your assistant asked, "What should I tell Bethany the show's about, or, or who the audience is?" And and Matt and I were like, hmm, "Maybe we should tell her it's a lot of CrossFitters." And they go, "No, tell her it's people who who care about personal accountability and personal responsibility." And we were we were so excited we came up with that. I mean, those are the words <laughs> I like you just it, used. I like yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like yeah. the community aspect is so cool. What you've like, what's been created is just, yeah, it's special. I think a lot of people need that, and um, they don't get it in other aspects of life. So being able try- to have it through movement and like share that camaraderie is so special. I'm trying to remember our mutual friend. We have a bunch of mutual friends. Um, I'm, I'm so embarrassed right now, and I don't get embarrassed. What is the name of the owner of CrossFit Poipu? He does the the wide um, trail run. Do you know his name, Souza? I should know it. Um, yeah, they do the Hawaii Trail Run every year. Uh, this is pathetic. Um, what? Who is it, Souza? This Uncle Hoffy. 
Hoffman. Oh, Hoffman. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because I should know Hoffman's name before you do. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, yeah, they're super cool guys. So. Oh my god, love that guy. Yeah, and um, and and then we have another mutual friend who's been on this podcast before. Um, Logan Aldridge. Oh yeah, I was gonna mention Logan. He's like my inspiration in life. He's so gnarly. <laughs> Can you believe he? Yeah, he is gnarly, right? Him and I met when we were like little teenagers. I'm not yeah. sure how much older I am than him, but I remember it really stood out to me meeting him because I took him surfing and he took me wakeboarding because he like had a wakeboarding background. I can't remember if that's how he lost his arm, but he's no, no, yeah. no, no. I remember something, like it was something bad. It was like a lawnmower accident or something. It was something oh, crazy. Okay. It's something crazy, yeah. Yeah, Logan's amazing. Um, his body strength is mind blowing, and yes. just like some of the stuff he does is crazy. So sorry, you were gonna say, and how did you meet him? Where did you meet him? Someone he was in Hawaii or Logan? I'm not sure how we met. I think just people connected us, and so I took him surfing, and then he took me wakeboarding, and so that was really fun. I remember wakeboarding is it's a painful sport because you're going so fast and when you fall you're just like slamming in the water so you feel like you got a little whiplash every time. <laughs> is that the one when you run and you throw the, the board down on the beach and you throw the board? No, down? that's skimboarding. So wakeboarding's oh. towing behind the boat. So you're going at really oh. high speeds. So then when you fall, you're going so fast. When you fall, you're just whiplashing every time your body feels like it got hit by a truck after, which I, sometimes surfing can do that, but surfing isn't quite that high speed. How so. about how about at the end of the movie when you when you're when you're when you're out there? Um, I'm really trying not to swear when you're out there <laughs> tangling with jaws. You can be yourself when you're tang. No, no, someone said so what it's so one of my listeners is. I have such potty mouth. One of my listeners is like, Hey, Seven, my daughter's gonna listen to this show with Bethany. Can oh, you, yeah, can that's you, a good be, call, actually. Let's can keep you be it a good clean. boy. Because I uh, might bring some family, <laughs> uh, some families in to listen to. <laughs> and <clears throat> It, it, this is, I mean, this is, I mean, this is just indicative of just pr probably the excessiveness in your personality that all uh, great people have. You say you come in from your first kind of uh, shot at Jaws. I think you're back on the boat before you go out a second time before you're going to paddle in. And you say, I feel like I just need to get pounded out there. <laughs> like, like you want a crazy wipeout. And I'm like, this girl's nuts. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this girl's nuts. It's like, you know, you haven't surfed Jaws until you get like completely obliterated by a wave. <laughs> hey, so there's a shot at the end of that movie. And it's over a minute long and there's a there's a, a drone. But Adam told me it's actually a helicopter and it's sitting up on the cliff. And then and then it comes in and for for third for like 50 seconds, it's getting closer and closer to this speck on this huge wave. And then finally, you're like, oh, my goodness. It's Bethany. Um, how how do they set that shot up? Is yeah, that real? That so That's real. Cool. Um, Aaron Lieber, the producer and director of our film, who is like our best friend um, as well. <laughs> and he had envisioned that shot at, at some point um, while create, working on the film. And so he hired a team who he thought was the best, um, you know, filmers out here in Hawaii, surf, surf photographers. And yeah, he just helped direct the shot and they nailed it the first time, like 
that one session they got the shot and it was just yeah pretty like legendary <laughs> and no other like big names had um gotten that similar of a shot and so after they saw it they're all like mind blown like red bull is like reached out to the photographer and was like hey can you go and get this and he just like told them no he was like no i'm not gonna do it for you <laughs> oh like hey we want it now with this at this surfer yeah we want with it a with different this surfer. surfer hey so i mean i'm sure they've gotten it by now but um <laughs> yeah it was a little moment of glory for our our film film creator because he's just you know he worked so hard how yeah, do they do yeah. it? Do they tell how many waves did you catch before that? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I live in Santa Cruz, so I see the boys just going out and catching wave after wave after wave. But somewhere like Jaws, is it like okay? We Jaws might is crazy because it's it's out there, and so timing it is tricky, and just like being patient to like you know go at the right time. Um, and I had only, I think I surfed about six waves that day. So it wasn't like a whole lot of opportunity. And so they really had a short uh, a moment of time to be able to nail it. And um, yeah, they, they nailed it. And they just had walkie talkies. Someone out in the ocean on a jet ski was communicating with the guys up in the helicopter so it wasn't a drone. It was like a full on helicopter. And I yeah. forget the type of camera, but it was like one of those nuts, crazy cameras that was attached to the helicopter and not like someone holding it. Right. Um, so it yeah, was the, the helicopter the was a camera. The helicopter yeah. is a camera. <laughs> it's I wonder. I'm like, I wish I could name the filmmaker. I know him, but it's kind of similar to like earlier. I just Hoff. he's at the tip of my tongue and I can't um mike prickett i think it was yeah i think it was his name <laughs> mike prickett and he had a crazy like uh diving accident so his legs don't work anymore but he's still like rocking it in the film film space i'm i'm uh there were there were two guys um who they introduced late in the movie by the way go see the movie by the way this movie unstoppable has it's funny so Last night I was gonna watch Soul Surfer or Unstoppable, and I'm like, I'm watching the documentary, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I'm you so are. Glad. Glad. I'm so glad. Your I did. children might like Soul Surfer though, but the children even like I've had a lot of young girls be like, I liked Unstoppable better. Like I, guess I cried when I watched the Soul Surfer uh, trailer. Yeah. <laughs> a couple days ago, I was on the assault bike Aww. and I was watching. I was like, God, I suck. On the assault God. bike, crying. That's so yeah. Cute. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. But <laughs> but this movie, Unstoppable, is not a story about um a lady who lost her arm in a shark attack. This is not what the movie is about. This is uh, several tales going on simultaneously, and that's just like a speed bump in it. That's just like there's all this stuff. I'm so it's so textured. It's if you're first off, if you're a documentary fan, you should see it. it's an incredible piece of but uh, um uh, film work. But also, it's got a great narrative, great characters, and there's two characters that they introduce at the end of the movie that really um, warm my heart. And I wish I, I thought I wrote their names down, but they're the guys who. Um, you're with they they basically help you get on the wave at Jaws. Yeah. Whether you're paddling or jet skiing, what are their names like DK and DK and Sean Walsh? They're like they're not yeah, yeah, yeah. DK These and guys Sean Walsh. are the guys that are like teaching um like Navy SEALs like ocean safety, and they're just like 
the like most well-known names at Jaws, I would say, or yeah. up there, you know, they're just, they know the ins and outs of the waves. So I kind of had one as my coach just helping me get a grasp on the lineup because it's like no other wave I've ever surfed. And, and then we had um, the other brother there for safety. So if things go south, like they're there to rescue me. Um, so yeah, those guys are so cool though. They're just like your quintessential Hawaii, like Hawaii vibes, like, but super serious at the same time and like ready to rescue. Like they're the guys you want to rescue you if things go bad. <laughs> yeah. They're so, like, they're like caricatures, you know, yeah. like in some mo- they're, they're unbelievable characters in the movie. It's almost like you think like if, if you went there right now, like if we went there, me and you just stopped what we were doing and went there, they'd be there. They like might be like, yeah, like you can't they'd even imagine be like free diving out there, like looking <laughs> for some, some dinner. <laughs> you can't even imagine like those guys like ever going home. Like that's all like they are so p- part and parcel with that ocean and that scene. It was crazy. Um, do you. Another part that I thought was fascinating about that is people see you and they think you're the most amazing surfer ever, or they see a Kelly Slater and they're the most amazing surfer ever. And then they hear these story, and then they see you guys at Jaws, and both of you are like, like, hey, this is a different beast. Eyebrows like, lifted, like, yeah, like even you guys are humbled by this wave. Yeah, even oh even Kelly's God. like, yeah. yeah, she's crazy. I don't know why she's doing that, basically. <laughs> No, yeah, jaw. Like, I feel like the way I like to explain it is big wave surfers are just their own genre, and there's a little bit of crazy in us. Like, I wouldn't quite put myself in the big wave surfer department, even though I love surfing big waves and I, I'm energized by that. I kind of like, I like doing everything in the sport, I, even small waves, big waves, barrel riding, aerial surfing. Like, I just love it all. But like big wave surfers were crazy and they are crazy. Like there's, it's nuts what some of the guys and ladies are doing out in the big waves lately. Like they're surfing like 80, 60 foot waves, waves that like, if we were even like in the channel, we would be like peeing our pants, you know, It's wild. It's just the ocean is so incredibly mesmerizing and humbling and just talk about fitness in mind, body and spirit. Like these people have that like just to be able to put themselves in these high intense situations is pretty wild. Have you ever not gone out because um have you ever not done something since you've had kids because it's just not appropriate now that you have kids? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would say my desire for big waves isn't as strong as it used to be. But there's also like this, you know, if I get the opportunity, I would kind of jump on it. So it's kind of a weird, like if I don't have enough time to think about it, I might just jump out there and go for it. But (laughs) um, yeah, there's definitely this hesitancy. Like I envision myself surfing like Nazare and Portugal. Um, it's a pretty crazy wave. It's like Jaws, but I don't know. I almost feel like there's more death risk out there. Like we, one girl almost died this last year. She like, there's this huge cliff. And if you end up getting swept towards it, like you could die. I think I, there's probably a few lives that have been lost out there, but yeah, I would say, I don't know. 
I do still charge. I mean, I surfed some big waves this last winter, but yeah, there's a scene in the movie not... where he has to do a couple passes at you to get you at least five. Yeah. He comes to get you. You can't get on a wave comes. He's got to leave again. And basically you're in the break and, and someone's trying to rescue you and it's nuts. It's tense. Yeah. It's like high, crazy levels. So, but at the same time, like going into that situation, you're so prepared. Like I was so prepared. Not only did I have a lifetime of preparation, but like years of just mental, physical, even though I did have the baby six months before, but there's still this lifetime of preparation going into that and just wave knowledge and like breath holding capabilities. I have like a really incredible breath hold. I think my static is like 420. Um, so just kind of like there's this build up <laughs> of different aspects of preparation and in hindsight, I think there's always more you can do and more preparation. And so you learn as you go. But um, yeah, I always want to be ready for a good swell. <laughs> um, how, how are you on time? I'm okay. Okay. You have to say like seven stop. Okay. <laughs> okay. Stop. Just stop. Just leave me alone and, and I'll leave you alone. Um. You, uh, your your four minute breath hold. Um, is that? T t did you? I know someone just wrote. I haven't. Comments. I haven't gone for a four minute lately, so I don't know where I'm at like today right now. But I have had like a couple four minuteers in the past, and so on purpose, right? On purpose, not on yeah, accident. yeah. Like okay. that's just static. So just laying there, focusing on holding your breath. Whereas when you're out in the surf, like usually your wipeout is less than 10 seconds. A really bad one would be maybe 15 to 20. And obviously it's different because you're being like thrashed underwater. So it may feel like a 10 second hold down feels like a 40 or a minute. Especially long, if you, you know? exhaled before you went under on accident. Yeah. So you can't always control exactly like in that moment where your breath is at. So that's why it's cool when you're trying to train like sometimes doing sprints and then holding your breath after um i've done like a few exercises with the young girls it's really fun to kind of see them like <laughs> challenge themselves like you do a beach sprint and then you like stop and hold your breath and see how long you can go for i love that i'm gonna do that so stuff like too. that like kind of like challenging yourself in different ways but also just laying in the like finding your calm like not doing any movement, just like holding your breath. You could do it while you're watching TV or um, laying in bed. I don't recommend doing breath holding in the water alone ever um, because, you know, <laughs> but like, that's why, like, if you pass out on the couch, you're fine. Um, so I don't do it while driving or in the water. But if you do it in the water, you're just with a group of people. Um but yeah, there's cool ways to challenge your breath and build that up. And you can definitely get better at it. So it's cool to kind of um, work at that. Actually, I probably should be like getting back on that and working on it a bit more again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when you tell the story about the shark attack or surfing jaws or... Um, giving birth. Do you tell the story from your memory of telling the story? Or do you tell the story from the memory? 
I actually don't tell this story anymore. Oh, <laughs> I haven't done it in years. Um, but it's it's pretty like amazing. Like my memory is very vivid. Like I remember everything pretty, pretty like intensely or like clearly. Maybe some aspects are a bit blurred, but it's cool. Well, I don't know if it's cool actually. <laughs> I always think I have like my memory is not amazing for the most part. Like I forget names and faces Me and too. like that sort of thing really, really fast. Um, um, but I definitely remember that day very vividly. But I don't really talk about it anymore. I'm kind of like beyond that. I just like to talk about like the beautiful aspects of life and the comeback and the adapting and the making the most of what I've got. Like just feel like there's so much more enrichment out of that side of the story. And so, and I enjoy that. And so I love talking about Jaws because I'm like that day I paddled out there my first time ever paddle surfing, you know, on my surfboard with my one arm, like I, um, I got caught inside before I caught a wave. Like I got so caught inside by the biggest set wave of the day. What I does that mean? Sucked. You got caught inside. I got sucked over the falls with the waves. So okay. I'm like literally trying to paddle as fast as I can and make it up over the wave. And then I just go back over with it and get like ragdolled like a, a doll in a dog's mouth. And then hey, that how, was like, that, I always think that that doesn't happen to professional surfers. I guess it no, does. it does. There, no. There's a lot of incredible surfers. Like they're all getting pounded every single time they go surf. Like that's why like, I, this is probably like not a healthy subject, but like a lot of the guys yes, do like, I like mushrooms it. and stuff oh. like that. They go out. <laughs> They're like what? doing weird things to like mentally cope with the like fear factor and the intensity <laughs> of it. Um, so to all the surfers that are paddling out clean in the big waves, I'm like, okay, you definitely have a bit of crazy in you. <laughs> but yeah, I can't imagine I mushrooms over, helping. I can't imagine. That? I can't imagine mushrooms helping me be braver. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know all what they do, but there's a lot of guys that do weird things. Um, but And then you come up after getting pounded and you look out the back and there's like five more set waves. And I'm often like, I do motivational speaking. So I always start my a lot of my talks off with the, this moment I, I had at Jaws where you got so pounded. And then you look out the back and there's five more set waves coming. And I feel like life's like that. Like we have these awful moments where life's just crazy and hard and challenging. But like the thing is, there's like five more set waves still coming. And so just being mentally ready to um, handle that and adapt and just find your gratitude and um, just get creative and with your community and your people to help you push through those major challenges that will come. It's like, I feel like we're setting ourselves up for failure if we don't recognize that like life's not perfect and there's going to be hard things. I mean, the last few years has no doubt put a lot of tension and pain and challenge in a lot of people's lives and just dealing with fears and anxiety and like coping with like world leadership and all these different things like what however you view the last few years like everyone's had challenge and stress and just pain and so finding how we can better like navigate that is so important and just being mentally prepared and you know having your community and 
for me, like I look towards having gratitude and, you know, I live a life of faith. So I'm praying through like my, a lot of my challenge and just, you know, figuring out how I can make the most of what I've got. Like, cause doing the opposite gets you nowhere. Like just being grumpy and angry or like being in a perpetual state of fear and, um, you know, just staying in these states won't get us anywhere. Did did anything in the last two years scare you? Were you did you have any COVID fear? Um, I was more concerned about like world leadership more yeah. so than like the sickness. Um, just because I'm like very aware of my health and health as a whole, and like I just. If I didn't surf, I probably would have gone into holistic health like that. It's just like such a passion of mine, and I. So you didn't have vi- you didn't have virus fear. You just lived your life. No, no virus fear. Just more um, concern of just like basic freedoms and basic rights. Like when they start closing the ocean, you know that that is to me like a major overstepping of boundaries. Um, Did they do that in Hawaii? I know they tried to do it here they in California. Didn't, do it in Hawaii, thank God. I think the people out here would have had major riots no matter what political side you stand on because yeah. everyone out here is just like ocean, not everyone, but everyone's ocean people. Like if you told the uncles they can't go fish, like yeah. they would straight lose their minds and like riot, you know? So yeah, there was definitely things I had to work through the last few years, like just anger and frustration and fears of like what's the world gonna become and it's nice kind of fast forwarding now I'm like kind of we found our peace like you can't let like everything out there hinder your joy and your just your I don't know your love for life and my husband and I both have like talked about this a lot and just like turning the noise down a lot more and like not paying attention as much like not being completely passive about it all but like just not letting that noise like come into our minds all day every day (laughs) do you remember a few years ago in Hawaii they sent a uh oh i got an echo a few years ago in hawaii they sent a um, amber alert to the the entire island saying that korea had launched north korea had launched a nuclear weapon attack on the island do you remember that yeah we thought we were gonna die maybe (laughs) We were like, we woke up, we we just kind of cruised on our porch and drank some coffee and figured if it comes, <laughs> it comes. We said a little prayer as a family. <laughs> you did? You did um, say a prayer as a family? Yeah, we said a prayer as a family. And my brother-in-law was living on our property with a friend too. And they were like up on the roof, like waiting for it. <laughs> Susa, can you look that up? That was crazy. It was really a wild mental experience, like to wake up to that alarm, like, and you're just like, apparently it was just like an official in Honolulu like made a mistake. So you're like, okay, this is like, wow, our government is doing a really great job. <laughs> when when uh, um, Greg Glassman's uh, the the owner and founder of CrossFit, his father in law was at Greg's estate in Hawaii watching the estate, and he's like, they're gonna nuke us. What should I do? And Greg's <laughs> like, just chill. Go make yourself a drink and chill by the pool. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's nothing you can do. I was like, the only thing I thought was like, maybe they would aim for Pearl Harbor. 
And so I was like, <laughs> just well, at, least at least we're on Kauai. So, but I mean, there will be some sort of repercussion. So yeah, for y'all, if you didn't hear about this, like we all woke up to like a ballistic missile alert emergency sent to our phone saying like basically there's a, a missile on the way and it should be there any minute now <laughs> and this is not a drill <laughs> it was wild <laughs> <coughs> ballistic missile threat inbound to hawaii seek immediate shelter this is not a drill what some a lot of our friends and family <laughs> went to um, a local hotel that was made of marble and I think my parents even went there, but we just like stayed at our property because we figured, I don't know, what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, that's 38 minutes. You know what's interesting about that too, Bethany, Bethany when things like that happen? Um, you get to see how you would react. So like one time my wife told me that uh, she was pregnant, but she wasn't. It was on April 1st. <laughs> And so for like, oh my an, goodness, that's like for an one. hour, I like replanned my whole life until she told me. <laughs> she must have really enjoyed that. And I was like, wow. I said, that's really cool. Like I got like, it's like, it's like doing drugs, but without doing drugs, you didn't have to do drugs, <laughs> but I got to do like some live in some alternate universe. right? <laughs> yeah, I guess we handled it pretty well. I think like it was interesting because. If, I think if I was no not a mom, it wouldn't have affected me as much. Like I would have been like, oh, what the heck? Like we lived our life well. Um, but like just knowing that like your children would experience something like that, I don't know. Like no parent wants to see your children like go through something that crazy. Are you um are you homeschooling your kids? Yeah, we are. We kind of always envisioned homeschooling from like before we even had children. So and then the last couple of years, I think kind of like inspired us to um, stick with the plan. And yeah, I mean, we travel a lot, too. And like the schools out here aren't amazing. Like even the private, I just don't know. <laughs> um, so my husband has a teaching degree. So we have that going oh, for that's us. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And I don't know, that's the plan. We'll see how long we last and if we like pull through. Um, but I mean, there's always like so many options. And I think the last two years, so many people switched to homeschool that like the programs and the creations that are coming out are just so rad. And so I'm like, by the time my children are in middle school and high school and like you know, a lot of the learning um, is a little more complex and just, you know, you want them to get the best they can get. Were you I think it's going to be really good. Me too. Were and I really don't like my boys being on computer screens or any kind of devices. So right now in these elementary years, it's really nice just being like free learning and doing more like nature learning and I don't know. I feel like they're thriving. So it's pretty cool. Like just seeing them creating all day long is just mind blowing. Like my son, I don't know. I mean, every parent thinks your child's like, a, like superhuman, but right. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, whoa, you're a superhuman. <laughs> you're your teaching kid, me. <laughs> your kids basically do no screen time. Yeah. No screen time really. Like we'll look up some YouTube learning here and there, like depending on like if we want to look up animals or you know, we'll look up like last week we were looking up like what's the strongest metal. And so we watched something on like strong metals and just like random things like that. But yeah, there I am thinking of doing some like um, language learning. So we might bust the screens out for that. 
Do you trip when you see other kids who you know spend a lot of times on time on screens? And like I you see the do. difference between I them do. and your kids? I really do. I mean, my generation was the last generation to grow up screenless, basically. I mean, actually, I watched a lot of TV growing up, but like deviceless, I would say. And my childhood was so rad. Like we had so much fun. Like we were, my girlfriends and I were adventuring the like lava rock coastline, diving for shells, riding turtles, like doing the coolest things, like using our body all day long, every day. And so I want the same for my children. I don't want them growing up gamers and on screens and like missing their childhood um, basically is how I view it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have any regrets, like, not having my children on screens. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, there's nothing. I don't know. I don't feel like they're missing out on anything. So, yeah, it's fun. They're really thriving, too. Like, the way they interact with other children and adults is really cool. Like, they're very, like, conversationalist with, with adults and children. So like, I just feel like we're doing something right as far as like how they interact with the world. And um, yeah, they're really happy. um, You're describing my kids to a T too. Incredible with adults, incredible with kids, obviously the no screen time. There is, they're calmer than other kids. They're, They're better listeners. They're better focused. They're better athletes. They're just better at everything. But the one thing, these other kids, like when we go to jujitsu and I see the other kids there, the ones who would go to school every day, and I know the ones who, are, who have their Twitches and all their Switches and Nintendo, all that stuff, there's like a sophistication to them <laughs> that my kids don't have. It's really interesting. Like, so I, the kids gathered around an iPad the other day, and one of the kids who's like this seven years old is like, Are there any naked pictures of your parents in there? And I'm like, Holy Oh my shit. God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my kids don't even like. And there's just like a level of, um, it's weird. They're definitely they're, they're ruder. They're I mean I mean they they're just they're not good kids, for the most part. I would say they're they're not they're, like by good kids. I mean you know like um you see these dogs in Hawaii like a dog you can just take everywhere and you're like man that guy got a cool border call he just leaves him in the jeep and he waits there that's how you want your kids to be too you want them so like when you go to the grocery store you take them with you not like oh can I do I not have to take them no let's take them yeah it's fun they're well behaved they're gonna say yes and please but do you ever think that maybe they're missing out like they lack a little bit of sophistication or like no it's weird. like my kids the teachers i think they're meant to be children like so okay. i think that sophistication is probably something that will come at some point maybe whatever it is that you're kind of hinting like logging, at like logging onto computers like my kids don't know how to do that and there's like yeah, six-year-olds at the I. jiu-jitsu academy academy who know how to like to log on like they know they're but i'm like kind of not worried like because i know that like i'm not avoiding the fact that we live in a tech world so eventually they will get like very tech savvy and um i'm not gonna like totally avoid that i just think while they're young and their brains are in full developmental stage like just not being on blue light screens and like revolving our lives around screens um is so good for them and just letting them kind of have i wouldn't say it's not like immaturity but it's like this childlike essence that it's just this innocence, I guess I would put it. And um, yeah, I don't think they need that anytime soon. Um, And then no doubt I'm like, well, at one point maybe we should do like coding classes and I definitely want them like savvy with tech, but 
I just think picking that time at the right time is important. So, yeah. Uh, what's it say? The average three to five year olds got two to hours and 28 minutes a day of screen time on average during the oh, crazy nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Do you guys live on the beach? We're we're tucked away from the beach, but we have like three acres. So the boys are romping around the yard and having a lot of fun. And we actually have a little skate bowl too. We had, as we were building our house, we had this natural like inclination that was like a kind of almost like a half pipe. And I was like, oh, let's, let's pave that. (laughs) And then we started digging it out and it like turned into this full on little skate bowl. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. They have a really fun like backyard life and it's pretty special. I'm always like, I don't know how, like when we travel, I'm like, I don't know how we do it if we lived in a city. Like my baby was like, trying to get out of the hotel room (laughs) when we were there he's like let me out (laughs) and um so I'm grateful we have access to nature at our fingertips all day every day it's really special but I also like know that we chose that and we um you know I didn't move away and even if we didn't have the property we lived like wherever we'd live on the island would be really easy access to nature so yeah, I love that. I like just being able to let the children ramble. And I'm definitely not a park mom. I rarely go to the park with my children. I almost have park guilt because <laughs> I don't, um, yeah, riding turtles. <laughs> I don't um, like going to the park. So we go to the beach a lot more. And it's just really fun to see them getting creative in the sand and ocean. Are you going to. I try to, um, you know, you know, we, we lead by example, you know, like if you, if you walk, if you're going into a coffee shop, you hold the door open, you let all the other people in first, same thing, you know, you wipe the seat off if you pee on it. And like you do these things you need your kids to see and, and you, li- you know, you pick up trash. If, if you miss the trash, you go pick it up and extra nice to, you know, old people, stuff like that. Um, is there anything that you're preparing to tell your boys Um, how to treat women are are you preparing or thinking about about what you're going to tell them about women and how they should be respected um yeah I mean I haven't talked about that too much or thought about it too much but no doubt we will um but there's this theme my husband and I have been talking about and so I've been doing um, a mother-daughter course, um, 90-day mentorship program. Um, we launched it in January, and so we're about to start our third round this fall. And it's been insanely cool, a dream come true. But the heart of the mentorship is like bringing mothers back together with their daughters to be their number one mentor. And eventually we're going to launch a father-son program with my husband kind of leading it and finding other different like-minded fathers to help raise our young men um, or our boys to become men. So I think a lot of men or a lot of boys go into adulthood, but they remain boys. So empowering them to like step it up and to become a man and, um, so I guess like obviously 
my husband and I have so much to learn when it comes to parenting and we're still so early on. Our <coughs> oldest is only seven, but we're going to just charge and do this thing because I just think there's such a big need for coming alongside our young um, boys and helping them to become men and just be a part of their life in a more meaningful way and just supporting dads because I just think dads don't have the support they've needed to raise their sons to like become men. And so we're just going to like put our super brainstorming, like brains on my husband's been brainstorming a lot, not me as much, but I always just am there to support him and like give him feedback if he wants. And so that's kind of like on our horizon. Um, just to create more opportunity to come alongside of fathers to support the men or the boys to become men <laughs> and just talk about all these things like being kind to women, um, the responsibilities that you're going to be stepping into and just how to like interact with the world, with technology, with just everything. <laughs> so yeah, no doubt we will be having, well, at least my husband will have a lot of conversations with our boys and um, yeah, I'll just be like loving on them. But I think a lot of that weighs <laughs> on my husband's shoulders. So that'll be cool to kind of support him in that journey and just be mom along the way. Yeah, my mom, um, my parents were divorced, but my mom definitely gave me the talk throughout my younger years, I remember being young, probably seven, eight, nine, 10, yeah. 11, 12, every year, somewhere along there, there would be some sort of talk. And sometimes it was as simple as, Hey, when you're walking down the street, you, you walk on the side where the traffic is. And, you know, as I got older, I realized it's not, you don't just do that for women. You do that for kids. You do that. Yeah. Um, and, and hold, you know, always hold the door open for women. And, you know, th then as you, you get more involved, you realize, no, I should hold the door open for everyone. But, but these were things my mom uh, taught me um, you know, the umbrella, just the simple things, but then also more, um, about tone with women, being aggressive towards women. All of those things are, are, um, completely unacceptable. I love that. Yeah. Like, I love that yeah. she was intentional. And I think it just comes back to like having the more intentional conversations, like right. maybe the generation that my parents grew up in was more of like quiet parenting. Like you didn't, say as much um right. I feel like there's kind of a theme of like a lot of fathers like really didn't say much <laughs> and I think it's because their fathers didn't say much and so I mean not obviously like it's not a blanket statement because there was probably a lot of great dads out there that really spoke into their children's lives but yeah I think just getting intentional with conversations but also like you said leading by example yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, just in, in a small thing, to, a small note too, like a perfect example is, is how you treat your wife. Obviously your boys are going to see, but if your kids all, if your kids see you fight, then they also need to see closure. Yeah. So, you know, e even just simple things like that, like you guys get in, in an argument that someone bleached the clothes with something that they weren't supposed to. It's just a, it, to you, it's nothing. You know what I mean? But to the kids who watched it is, and then you might, it's as simple as to circle back around and, Hey, I shouldn't have spoke to you like that. I could have brought it up yeah. differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you don't meet it, s say it, like let yeah. the kids see. No, the, I'm, uh, I'm big on like either apologizing to them or yeah, bringing it's, it's interesting. Like my husband and I don't have a whole lot of conflict. Um, I feel like if we do, it's, we probably should show our conflict in front of them a bit more. 
we usually save it for after we put them to bed just because like that's when we like to kind of decompress and converse about like when things didn't go smooth um not that i'm not saying we don't like share our conflict because i'm not big on like hiding conflict and i definitely am apologizing to my children here and there yeah yeah Um, yeah of course but yeah i like i like your intentionality there my um my wife does this thing with the kids um, every day or five days a week, at least it's, um, circle time. And it's basically you, you sing some songs and then, and then you sit, you have a meditation pillow and you sit and you set a timer and you sit. And then today afterwards they were giving her, she, they were giving her feedback on her parenting. <laughs> and I just, I was just so, cracking up. Is this too much to ask? Like yeah. what was some of the feedback? Oh, they were just, they were, they were mimicking. <laughs> they were saying she's, they were saying she's mean and they were at, standing up pretending like they were her. But my wife's the furthest thing from being me. It was like, it's stuff they're like. They're just like honest. They're probably nitpicking the one more. Oh, it's she, like, crazy. Like, I, I went in there. I told them, I go, you guys better pipe down. I'll show you mean. They were, uh, <laughs> and they were having a blast, like pretending they were her. So every morning, so she has, she does school with them every morning and breakfast every morning with them at this table, at this countertop. Yeah. And they just start all chirping at her. Like she brings them a piece of bacon, then they want a napkin, then they want this. And she'll just, you know, just tell them, Hey, wait your turn. Don't talk for five minutes. Like, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like just something that's like, totally like, like, like you, you ask 13 questions in a row, you're on a five minute, like just deal with your own shit for a second. But yeah. And they're like, they were I just like riding it. her. What's yeah. some of y'all's um, favorite books you've, or do you like reading books or have you had any major influence um, in your life as far as parenting? Cause I feel like I have so much to learn and I'm kind of like still figuring it out majorly. <laughs> You know, um, so but I'm having a lot of fun and it's like the joy of my life for sure. <laughs> do you do um the thing my wife did with them is she started do you know what Kumon is? I feel like I've heard of it, but no, I don't know what it is. It's a it's a it's a pro it's a it's a program developed by a Japanese guy, K-U-M-O-N. It was developed by him in the 50s, and he basically made it for his kids to study. And it's basically like it's it's reading and writing. And then it's also math and it's basically oh, yeah. I like anywhere. I've heard of Kumon math. Maybe like I had some friends that had their children doing Kumon math. And, and we started our kids that on it at three and you just basically, it's anywhere from five to 15 minutes every single day. Yeah. And my kids, since they've been doing it, they just know they wake up first thing in the morning, they go get their Kumon bag and they start it. And it's cool. basically just worksheets. And my wife just helps them. You get them going on it and then they do it. Are and they really like energetic on learning? They are. They're pretty, they're pretty darn. I mean, they have their hiccups, but I'd say 90% sure. of the I think days. Everyone does. And it's really, um, it's, you know, so when it starts, it's just how to hold a pencil and draw lines. I mean, it's yeah. such baby steps, but by the time you're a sophomore in high school, it's, um, you know, differential equations, calculus, it's diagramming sentences, but this thing just walks them through it. Cool. I'm into it. Yeah. Kumon, yeah, check it out. Been, I would say we're still like, we've bought a couple, a couple curriculums that we didn't end up liking. So <laughs> we're still trying to kind of figure out what we want. And I don't know, I feel like uh, these young years developing healthy habits is so important. And so that looks like it's very habitual, but I also want to like, I bring in a lot of the free flow, like, blow with the wind of like what's their interests and like trying to have fun with it and like propelled by their things that excite them which I feel like they're pretty excitable about everything (laughs) 
So it's pretty easy to please them and like get them excited to like look into something. But I was tripping. My son built this Lego truck yesterday. It looked like a real life truck, like a little like out back, like Jeep truck. Like it looked like real. Like if you made it life size, you could genuinely drive it. I was like, whoa. And he just like took the pieces Oh, it's not even like a kit. He just made it up himself. He made it up himself. Like it wasn't a kit. And he took the random pieces. And literally, if you blew it up to life size, it was genuinely drivable, except for I don't think it had the steering wheel because I don't know if we even had that piece. But I was like pretty mind blown. I was like, whoa, like how do you, if I tried to do that, my Lego creations are very... Like they laugh at me. <laughs> They're just abstract blobs. Look, I stuck two pieces together and you're yeah. like, proud of yourself. <laughs> like when I make something cool, they're like every now and then if I get a compliment, I'm like, woo, I did good. <laughs> do you have professional um teachers for them in anywhere? Like do you do you have a piano teacher or a surf um, coach or a we started doing music a little bit. Um we just got home from our trip, so we need to get that going again, but They've actually been doing skate lessons and that's been really fun. And the, t- the, the skate uh, teacher who we're working with, I feel like he's like a life coach. Like I love that the boys are just with him. Like if skateboarding Perfect. wasn't involved, like he's just a super rad human and the way he treats them is really beautiful. So I love that they're just learning from another adult in like a healthy environment and they love it. <laughs> um, that's another thing that I would always, t- people think, so my kids have a lot of professional instruction and they think that I want my kids to become good skaters or good jujitsu. No. But, but really what I want is them to have the interaction with these adults. Mm-hmm. I just love that. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, my son is way better than I was at surfing at his age right now. Um, he's like way better than me. But like, there's no ounce in me. I mean, maybe a hair tinge of me that wants him to go pro, but like, I really am not pushing for that at all. It was just kind of happened. Like, I mean, of course, I'm a surf mom. So I put more effort towards that department than most parents would, because if you're not interested in surfing, you're not going to like, really want to push your child to surf. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Like he loves the ocean and riding waves. The way he reads the ocean is mind blowing. Like he sees a wave from forever away and he like positions himself to catch that. And if any of you have surfed before and you're not good at it, like understanding the ocean is the main battle. Like being able to read the waves coming at you and the timing of like catching them. It's pretty crazy seeing him do his thing, but I don't want him to be a pro if I can help it, but like I I wouldn't hold him back. I just, I don't know. I think he could do a lot of cool things in life and be really happy and surf really good too. (laughs) Did you have pressure from your parents in, in the, in the movie? um, Your mom said something fascinating. She said, everything we've been working for, I thought was gone. And I was like, Oh shit, there must've been a lot of pressure. Oh, is that the first time I swore? (laughs) Um, there must've been a lot of, was there a lot of pressure on you? You know, or did you just not even feel it? It was your life. 
I think I was very self-driven and motivated. And, and that also comes across, by the way, in the movie. That yeah, also comes across. But they definitely like encouraged me a lot. And I think they loved being like that I loved it. So they're all in for it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I think about my parents and my resiliency after when I lost my arm. <clears throat> The thing that stands out to me is just the amount of time they spent with me. And I feel like that gave me such a great foundation for just being a confident human. Like, I think they loved surfing. And so they naturally wanted to get me in the ocean. But just the amount of time they gave me. And and nowadays, I recognize that our society is so busy. And a lot of parents are very busy and are away from their children for so many hours of the day. And naturally, like, I understand that not everyone can just, like, spend a lot of time with their children. And (coughs) the average working American, it's really hard to get by. Um, And so I have a lot of compassion in that sense. But, like, when you're off work, like, just being present with your children and spending that time, I think, will give them such a good foundation for just being confident as a human and... Yeah, I look back on the amount of time my parents gave me and I'm like, wow, they didn't necessarily work the jobs that they wanted, but a lot of their jobs kind of like allowed for them to be with me. And yeah, I'm just so grateful. And that definitely inspires me in my parenting is just having that quality time with my children. And I think that will definitely propel them forward in whatever their passions and desires in life um, are, or when challenge comes their way, they'll have like sure footing. They know that they're loved and that they have worth and value. And so they'll, I trust that they'll be resilient when challenge comes their way. Um, And I'm just so grateful. Like, even though I wouldn't say, okay, like, I love this, the analogy of soccer parents, like super psycho ones. Like my parents were like soccer parents, but not the psycho ones. <laughs> they drove so they you everywhere, but they didn't fight with the other parents. And, like spent a lot of time and like just gave me the opportunities, but like not in a like aggressive way. And like a pushy, like you got to live up to my expectations sort of way. So yeah, like my dad was just so mellow and easygoing, but like so supportive and like cheering me on, you know, and still is to this day. He's like the exact same way. And it's cool. Now he's like filming his grandkids. When I take them out surfing, he'll come and like post up on the beach and film them because like video analysis is so key and like you're um, propelling getting better at your surfing sport. So <laughs> it's kind of fun seeing fast forwarding to them, but do, do, do you, after you had kids, did you start reflecting and play moments in your life um, back and see, oh my God, how did my parents deal with that? Your dad says in the movie that, that, that the shark attack was the hardest thing he ever went through and your mom's response was a little different. I'm glad she didn't die. But yeah. but I, I, I was in a bike accident and I almost died as a kid. And I remember thinking as soon as I had, like now that I have kids, I'm like, how did my mom do that? Yeah, no. How did she make it through that week? I would have, I would have lost my shit. Yeah, no. Like anytime I watch Unstoppable or Soul Surfer, the parts that like make me ball cry are like when I see my parents talking about life and going through that. And 
man, it must have been so hard on them. And my mom mentions at one point, she's like, yeah, my husband and I would take turns going to cry in our bedroom, oh, <laughs> like the weeks yeah. to follow, because they yeah. would just have like breakdowns. But like my mom said, she was, we were so grateful that I was alive. And that because they got to blame themselves a little, right? Like, I mean, not that it, none of it's their fault. Obviously, we all know that. Yeah. Or like, but, but, but you can't even imagine. I mean, they, they were, they played every option in their head. I should have taken her to get food. I should have done this. I should have bought her this. What if I would have done this as a parent? You're just like, yeah, it, it, it's your, it's your masterpiece. You, 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 if you think the perfect wave is what you want, there's nothing a parent wants more than just their kid to be healthy. Yeah. My, well, not all parents want that necessarily nowadays. I just, yeah. So I think there's a lot of lack of thoughtfulness with parenting um, in the 21st century, but a lot of parents do want the health of their children. And um, the night before I surfed the same wave that I lost my arm with my best friend and no adult. So Alana. Yeah. Are you still friends and with her? And then the next day we paddled out again, but this time with her dad and brother. And so like, thank God that her dad was there. Cause if the same thing had happened the night before, like no doubt I would have died. Um, oh really? Just blood loss and toast. Yeah. And just not having that, her dad, her dad basically rescued me. Um, Were there cell phones then? There was, yeah, there was cell phones. So her brother had darted in ahead and like called 911. And um, yeah, I'm still good friends with her. She, we both are moms now. She has two little boys. And um, did she stay on the island? She is like a nomad. So she travels a lot. Her partner um, is also a pro surfer. And so, wow. yeah, they just like nomad. I think they're in Indonesia right now. And we actually own properties like her house is two up from me. So it's really fun. So when she Here is in Hawaii, or in Indonesia? Yeah. Oh, oh. so when she is home, I, my boys and I are always walking over to her house and yeah, they're. How old are her kids? Her oldest is the same as mine. We were pregnant together. Um, oh, you're stoked. Four, and then you're her stoked. youngest is a little younger than my youngest. So, yeah, our boys will, like, kind of grow up together. And, um, yeah, it's interesting, like, kind of fast-forwarding. And we live such different lives, but we have that same connection for the ocean. And I'm always, like... I haven't really babysat her children for her to go surf, but I'm like, I will. I love her little, her youngest <laughs> is so cute. And like, I would just snuggle him. But nobody it's leave your pa- Nobody leave your kids with Bethany because if the <laughs> waves are good, she's going out. We already established that in the first five minutes of the podcast. No, it's funny. Like there's a couple of waves that are my favorite waves in the world. And I schedule them into my calendar so i'm like i check the like probably one of my number one apps is a surf forecast checker checker so i'll check the forecast and be like hun my favorite wave is going to be breaking these days so you're on full daddy duty (laughs) oh that's your bowl yeah so that's at your house yeah (laughs) wow it was like a lifetime of babysitting um investment i would say (laughs) oh you skate too 
I'm like a lighthearted skater. I've broken two bones, and both of those were broken skateboarding. So it's a love hate. Oh, but that's that's cement, good. Cement is harsh. I think I'm pregnant in this video here. It looks like I'm pregnant or I'm postpartum. I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant though. <laughs> you do um do you do any one wheel? I don't. I've tried it. My cousin had one, but I you think you think it's for posers? My friend who's awake. <laughs> all my all my surfer friends in Santa Cruz are like, I wouldn't get on one of those in my life depending on God, you pretend Yeah, they're kind assholes. of funny. Like for a hardcore surfer, you're kind of like, oh, those are cute. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, my friend in Florida, he's a prof former professional wakeboarder, and he uh -huh. just rides his one wheel everywhere <laughs> on his property. Like, I'm like, dude, you need to endorse this one wheel thing but i think he's too dangerous on it so the one wheel couldn't actually utilize any of what he does the on crazy it. stuff he does because <laughs> he's just like carrying kids he has the children on he's carrying all his gear he just like goes around his property on it because he's just constantly going he's really cute on it i was like oh you make me kind of want to get one of those <laughs> i'm seeing the guys in santa cruz more and more i'm seeing them uh they put a, a lawn chair on it instead oh. of stand on it and then they sit on it and then they got like a cooler and then like a surfboard or something <laughs> and then they just they're cruising along the beach with it it's pretty funny i feel and like they, for certain environments those sort of things come in handy like but the way our like location is designed i could see us utilizing an e-bike because there's a few yeah. spots i would go to that i wouldn't normally go to with just my time windows but yeah i don't I don't know. Like I, I don't have an e-bike for my children or electric things. Like I want them. Pedal. <laughs> yeah. 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 You see that. You see that in Santa Cruz. Yeah. I'm kind of like, like using my body and want like my family to just use our body. I'm so glad I never got the electric scooter when I was little and I was always biking everywhere. <laughs> um, Bethany, I've had kept you an hour beyond. What your yeah, lady said. I, I, I gotta you. go here. So <laughs> I got one last question for you. Okay, fun, easy. I promise. Do you, does your fame and your skill level um get, w does it get you into just amazing spots? Like there's this crazy legendary surf spot just north of Santa Barbara that I always hear about. That um uh, like James Cameron and all these rich people own that beach in that area down there. Like so. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is it is it is it fun being you because you get access to all these waves and beaches and like do you have benefactors like do you have people like the, like this people who just be like hey we're sending over the G four and we're yeah. bringing you to uh, we're bringing you over to um, like uh, what's the island there that's owned by the Oracle guy? Um, Neha. One of those yeah. islands, the Hawaiian Islands, is owned by Larry Ellison now. He bought like ninety seven percent of it. It's right off of Kauai. What's the little island? Oh, the little Niihau? With all the windmills on it? Oh, I don't know. Niihau doesn't have windmills on it. There's a Four Seasons Lanai? on it? Oh, it's probably Lanai. 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 Yeah. yeah. My um, husband went there, or he's been there a few times now. He goes um, deer hunting. It's like some of the hardest hunting in the world. He does the bow hunting. You can do gun or bow. It's wow. pretty gnarly. Um, so but, has it been nice like that? I like surfing because since I was only 13 years old or even younger, like I've been traveling to honeymoon destinations. 
So like Tahiti, Samoa, Indonesia, Maldives, like some of these amazing spots for because the waves are just so good. But I feel like I get offered to go places uh, like everywhere under the sun, but I don't always say yes. Um, I'm, I don't know, I'm not like the networker type. I feel like I actually wish I would like write things down and be like, oh, maybe we will connect with you at some point. But I I don't know. I just kind of pursue things on my own when I want them. And so like, yeah, I guess. So Oprah doesn't, Oprah doesn't bring you to Montecito? No, but I have been to that private community up above Santa Barbara because one of our good friends owns property there, but I never scored waves, but it is a pretty cool spot and it's um, really peaceful and there's really fun waves there. But yeah, awesome. my friend, he's the founder of, um, have you heard of that organization, Natural High? They're kind of like the replacement for um, D.A.R.E., the drug. Don't oh, do drugs. Oh, okay. okay, D.A.R.E. okay it's okay, like yeah. they're replacing D.A.R.E., I'd say, but doing a better job. Okay. Um, but he's a super rad human, like just not your like, like kind of like wealthy I don't know. He's just more like really down to earth and like just has such an insane heart for the youth. Yeah. The whole thing on fentanyl is gnarly. Like gnarly is so crazy. I've been meaning to kind of put that out there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, you know, so I grew up in the Bay area. I grew up between Richmond and Oakland, never had a friend who was shot, grew up during the AIDS era, never had a friend die of AIDS, grew up in a cancer area. I've never known anyone died of cancer, but Dang, I know a bunch of people who've died from fentanyl now. Oh and it's cra- it's crazy. I know it's crazy. So sad. And what's crazy is it was FDA approved. And I feel like we use the FDA to like approve things in life. Oh, it's insane. So, like half the it's time insanity. it doesn't make sense. No, it's insane. <laughs> like if something's FDA approved, then maybe question it. <laughs> it's a hundred percent insanity. Yeah. So um but yeah, I I don't really chase the flashy things as much. I chase nature more so. So I just, I, you know, I just want to be in nature. Like my version of like a vacation is going camping off grid with my family and just like adventuring. So I love doing things like that and just chasing waves and um, just chasing the life we want to live, I guess. You're awesome. <laughs> and Me helping too. people along the way. So Me too. Thank you for all your time. Thank you, Sivan. Nice, nice. Okay, Bold. I was nervous there. She surfs Jaws and she attempts hard names like Sivan. <laughs> uh, thanks for letting us uh, uh, play with you for over 90 minutes. Tell Adam thank you. Um, I yeah. hope our paths cross again. Uh, you are a beautiful human being. And, yeah, uh, we'll if talk you come to you out soon. to Kauai, um, hit us up. Okay. <laughs> Aloha. Bye. Aloha. I'm in the dark over here. My COVID is just like, just, just like coming out now. I think I'm like coughing it and snorting it and snotting it. And I'm going, I'm going to the beach. I take bright. Are we still live? Yeah, we are. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This guy wants, this guy wants to know my, the stuff I use in my hair. It's like go to Amazon and type in like mud. Amazon. Um, it's expensive and it's the only stuff I've ever found that, um, uh, I, that he also thinks you dye your hair. Who thinks I dye it? <laughs>
The same guy. Oh no. But you know what? Um, people have come up to me and been like, Hey dude, it's so obvious you dye your hair because of, and then they tell me why. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, okay. I just say, Oh, okay. The products called mud in Amazon. Yeah. I typed yeah. it. Yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm doing, I'm probably wrong. Hold on. I'm going to my subscriptions. This thing. No, no, no. Thank you though. Um, let me see. Oh no. Maybe I go to orders your orders. I go to orders <laughs> and then I type in mud. Excuse me. She was cool, man. What a, what a difference from yesterday. Yeah. 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 Yesterday was rough. Today was nice. What if I she put in great hair mud? No, what if I put in hair? Oh no, clay. It's clay. It's clay, not mud. Okay, clay. I got, yeah, okay. It's called Baxter of California Clay Pomade Firm Hold Matte Finish. I, and I don't dye anything, dude. Do you know how hard it is for me to spend three minutes? I've first of all, I haven't combed or brushed my hair in, in 40 years. This is all hand shit. I just wake up. Uh, I, you know, yeah, I, I don't have any time for anything. And so, and, and then, and then I, when I'm done pushing it in my hair, I put it in my beard and then I put it in my mustache. And I, and lately I've been trying to like to pull my mustache out a little bit, but. Oh, he's impressed. <coughs> Thank you. Thank so you. There you go. He is. Baxter of California clay pomade firm hold matte finish on Amazon, $27 or something. It was gone forever. Hey, um, I was just thinking the other day, um, I started the show with this about how someone was saying like, he, I, I like Savon, but except for his QAnon or his, um, John McEnroe stuff. Okay. No, not John yeah. McEnroe. I've seen people put the, like, I feel like I'm watching Infowars. Oh yeah. 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 Infowars. And who's the guy's name who does Infowars? John Alex McEnroe? Jones? No. Alex Jones. Okay. I don't know Infowars. I don't know Alex Jones. I don't know QAnon. And the reason why you do know that stuff is because you watch CNN. So can you imagine you watch a network that that thought that the virus was real and by real I mean that it was a threat to the global population it was worth shutting down the planet for 2 years. You 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 watch that network and you believed that when anyone who could do third grade math knew that there was no there was no there was no there there for that. All you had to do was third grade math. You had to stop lift, listening to Wolf Blitzer and that's how you know what QAnon is. And that's how you know what um, John McEnroe and Wars Info is. And that's how you know that stuff because you're the one who watches the dumb shit. And they tell you to say people who sound like me watch the dumb shit because you're the dumb fuck. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's marvelous. You, you watch the network that supports the people who don't know what a woman is. Yet I'm the guy who 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 does the Xenon and and the Mr. Jones show. What? <laughs> it's just you a quick, knucklehead. It's just a quick label to try to. You knucklehead! I know you're so brainwashed. You. Try to discredit you. He's a conspiracy. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting guns are good or bad. I'm not suggesting that ice cream is good or bad. What I was suggesting in my post that if you really give a shit about kids dying, you wouldn't be focused on guns. You'd be focused on ice cream. Because if you if you were to take the number of days lost of human life caused by ice cream versus guns, it's ice cream wins a thousand times uh, to one every single time. But you're triggered by it because of some massacre that happened in Texas. I get it. But don't project onto me that like I can't do simple math. You're the retard. 
You are a fucking retard. Hey, you were doing so good with uh, keeping in the lines with this one. Was that just bottled up for the last? Well, I was just <laughs> thinking just about it in the shower. I'm like, happening? how how am I the how am I the dude? How am I? <laughs> you watch CNN to be told that I'm some sort of weirdo that I don't even know the weirdos you are. Can't, you can't let them get to you like that, you know. <clears throat> oh, it's, but I, but it gives me material. They gotta <laughs> get. If I, they don't get to me, I ain't got no material. I ain't got no material. <laughs> no, 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 no. You still got. You still got, no got the material. material. Still got I the discussion. The still valid. <laughs> I got. I want to see. I, I. I was just. I thought it's just it was funny I thought, because I had all those same thoughts, and where <laughs> I went to it is I went. Okay, go back and then find me the conspiracy theory. Find me the yes, conspiracy yes. theory that we talked to. That's where my head went because I know the comment that you're talking about. It's on Hiller's thing, right? I don't know where it is. Or how about this? How about this? You you were just involved in a planetary drug experiment. Under the guise of protecting yourself from something called COVID. I mean, you are a tard. And yet I'm the QAnon guy. I just can't. And, and you did it because CNN and Wolf Blitzer and fat dudes told you to. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but it's just funny hearing it that way. I, also, too, I, I, I was thinking just, about, I was I was thinking about just how, how hardcore my street cred is. You, what do you mean? I've been homeless and lived out of a dumpster for two years. I've flown in a G5 to oh, Hawaii yeah. and I'm rich. You got I've receipts. Been to you got a, receipts. I've, I've been to a hundred countries. I lived, I was the only white guy in an all black neighborhood for four years. Spent months in Africa. I've been all over India. I've been to the hundred probably poorest locations on the world. I've been to all seven continents. I was a Republican. I was a Democrat. I was like, 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 built, like, get built off the like, worldwide like, fittest brand. Built the worldwide like, like don't, brand. don't, don't talk shit about me. Get on my jock. Ride my shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That means oh, subscribe yeah, and bitch. like, please. Subscribe and like. Yeah. <laughs> That's I got this greatest street cred anyone you know. Thank <laughs> you, Mr. Den Dunlop. Thank I think you. that comes through a lot in the depth of the conversations that you Fucking have and the ability you really did to go. How about how about she shut down the, the shark talk? I could get that though. That's like I get it like too, a, but I it, thought I was slick in how I brought it up. Oh, it was good how you brought I it up. I thought I was like going to try. I like thought I had her manipulated to it. talk about it. She talked about it a little bit with the best friend. And yes, stuff. she it's came back. back. Yeah, that was and nice. That was nice. Those are like outside details that probably aren't done. But it's like when you yes. get like that hit single, like you're that one pop star <laughs> that got the one hit single. Ice, or they're like, Ice Baby. Dude. Yeah. And then that's everybody just went, say the thing, say the thing. It's I like, know, but I stayed like away from it. I stayed away from it because I didn't, I, I really was more interested in about raising kids. But, yeah, but I thought it was a brilliant angle. Do you tell the story from your memory or your? That was interesting. That wasn't interesting. Because it's like, are you telling it from the time, recalling the other times you told it? Or are you recalling back to the incident? Like, are you I was actually it? wondering if the shark ate the arm this morning. Like full on ingested it? Yeah. Like, did it, did it eat it or, or did, did it just, just like tear it off and like it just move went on? Off? Yeah, like, or does she have it? And if she did, like, question. does she have the arm back? If I had my, so they show a picture of a shark in one of the videos, and you can't tell if it's really that shark or it's just B-roll, but it's a dead shark hanging, 14-foot tiger shark. And, like, if a shark tore my arm off and they got the shark, first of all, I would say don't go get the shark. But if they got the shark, <laughs> I'd want my arm back. And I would have it in my house, like, like the like not taxidermied or nothing, but I'd have like the bone and the head. I'd have it, I'd have it, and I'd fuck with people. You know what I mean? Like on this podcast, if I was her, I'd have like just been like, ah, you know, like how'd you lose your arm? You'd reach back and grab the, this arm. It's still yeah, here. Yeah, I didn't yeah, lose yeah. it. It's just not attached. He's so good. <laughs> I keep it over here. Oh, taxidermied arm. 
I really, I liked, I liked her more than I thought I was. I really started, I st- and her husband's dope. Yeah, that was cool. Mm, four pages of notes. I didn't really touch anything. <laughs> and she's a professional surfer. What a life. What a life. Logan Aldridge, we talked about that cat. What a stud. I looked at the notes. I thought you, I thought you clicked all, all of them that were sent to me. Okay, good. All right, fine. Like I when I was scanning through, I was like reading it as I was trying to catch up because then I was gonna lot, like read through the notes and then hear where you were, which is kind of a crapshoot anyways. Because I could read all of these and you could be nowhere near them the whole time too. So <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was actually gonna catch me up to the show or not. But then as I read through them and you were going through it, I, I thought you you checked all the boxes. <laughs> checked all. The Excuse boxes. me. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, but I got um, rolling. I do have to get back to the gym now. Okay, fine. That was my cord falling. I can't see that video. I can't see that video. Um, I kind of want to do a show tonight, a live calling show. I was thinking about inviting Hiller on tonight and just doing like a show, like seeing what's going on on his YouTube station. Okay. But I have that show with that comedian tomorrow morning. Yep. Pretty Schmidt. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. And you saying people who think I'm 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 Xenon <laughs> and Mr. Jones, you also think Eric Rosa got a promotion. Part of that camp. There's gotta be nobody out there that still thinks he got a promotion. He's been gone. You guys you guys were involved in a drug experimentation that made the richest people on the planet richer. And I and I'm the conspiracy guy, you fucking batshit fucking lunatics. <laughs> no, my 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 favorite thing is, is I have friends now, and by the way, I have friends of everything. Like like I got tranny friends, straight friends, gay friends. Everyone likes me. I'm cool as shit. I'm fun. People who don't like me, it's because they don't fucking hang out with me and know that I just accept everyone. I don't care. Like one of my friends just called me the other day and tell me about her new titty she got. I rip on <laughs> fake titties all the time. But you know, if someone pulled them out right in front of me, I'd just probably chub up. I'd be like, I hate those things. <laughs> Oops. In the lie detector test, the turbines? <laughs> yeah, <a> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe women have those. <laughs> Second, seconding that vote. My goodness. I didn't participate. Someone find out if Sevon is faking. Faking what? About what? <clears throat> she'll be 1 million times better than David Lucas. I know she was. She, oh, do you mean tomorrow? Brittany, Brittany, uh, Brandon Waddell. You mean tomorrow that Brittany Schmidt chick? God, I, I don't know. I, I, I have, I have comedian fear now. I'm always funny. What are you talking about? I'm always funny. <laughs> always funny. CEO shirt. You get these CEO shirts of Vindicate. Look at, look at Sousa wants, Sousa's having, Sousa hasn't had this much fun in like in 72 hours and, uh, <laughs> and he has to go somewhere, but he just can't get off the show because it's too fun. Well, I was waiting for you. I figured I'm not just going to abandon you on here. Okay. So let's look at the, uh, okay. Sorry. I'll go fuck myself now. You don't have to 20 burpees. Don't fuck yourself. <laughs> um, how about, okay. How about we look at the schedule and then we get off. Okay. Bethany, ha- uh, Hamilton, we did today. We have Brittany Schmidt tomorrow. Yep. And then, and then Friday we have the UFC show. I need to do something with like, like Jr. I need to like, I don't want well, to. We're gonna oh, roll you know someone right said in the, the comments, Susa. Someone goes, "Oh, it's nice that you have a non-CrossFit guest on." I'm like, "Oh, oh, I saw that. I saw. I that. want my show to be. Oh, it's nice for you to have a CrossFit guest on once in a while." 
God. In due time. All right. It's just been it's just been these last four weeks too. If we're doing semifinals, I mean, it is what it is, right? It's a lot of CrossFit content. Speaking to- of which, that's why we won't have that. I don't know if you're doing anything else on Friday or planning to, but we're gonna roll right into the last weekend. Where what? Oh, this weekend, yeah, yeah. We'll do something. So it's this pretty much filled sure. up. Oh, that's what I was getting at. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can do a live call and show tonight. Are you gonna be around tonight? Not until after seven. I coach that new intro class from five thirty to six thirty. Okay, I'm gonna oh, ask okay. Caleb if he can do it. Okay. All right, guys. I will see you guys later. Um, peace and love. Bye. Adios.